everybody, this is Mark. Welcome back to another episode of This Poor Pastor's Podcast. I hope you've been enjoying this journey that we've been on, this reconstruction journey. I know it has not been an easy one. We have some really great content to talk about ahead, but we have some foundation to lay. Fair warning, today will be difficult. We're going to talk about forgiveness. Definitely need to talk about forgiveness. All I want you to do is to give me a hearing. Just give me a chance. Let me walk through this. I have learned over the years that this is the number one thing that Christians struggle with. And I want to help you with it and help you build a stronger foundation for your faith and walk with Jesus Christ. So hang tight, grab a cup of coffee, sit somewhere comfortable, and we're going to get into today's topic in just a moment. Over the years, I have taught a lot of series as I've preached. I've been in full-time ministry now and pastoral ministry for 20 plus years, if you can, if you count the um, assistant pastor time frame, which of course, you know, I do. I have never taught or spoken on a subject either from the pulpit or in a group setting that elicits such an emotional response as the subject of forgiveness does. We cannot talk about reconstruction and rebuilding our our walk and life with the Lord Jesus Christ without touching on this topic. I would like to take weeks to discuss this, and I'm only going to be able to hit some really important points that I think you should consider. I realize that there's no way that in one 30-minute podcast I'm going to be able to deal with this subject exhaustively. And that's probably okay because this is a really emotional topic and it is one that does exhaust people. But I want you to at least be open to the idea that forgiveness may be something you need to work through. And I'm going to not pull any punches, but I'm going to try to proceed very gently because a lack of forgiveness in the life of a believer is one of the primary underlying causes for our struggle at building a loving, solid, and authentic life and relationship with Jesus Christ. But this is one of those topics that when you discuss it with Christians, one of the knee-jerk reactions that happens is a desire to undermine the importance of the topic itself by pushing back against all the things that forgiveness doesn't mean. As if pointing out what it doesn't mean will enable us to continue not to forgive. This is similar to when the topic of submission and headship in the home or in the church is brought up, for example. You know, if you talk about the verses in scripture where Paul says that the husband is the head of the wife, um, then you're going to hear uh, people say, well, it doesn't mean he's a dictator. And right. It's a, nope, that's true. Well, it doesn't mean he can walk all over his wife. Nope. That's, that's also, that's, that's correct. You're right about that. But t- saying what it doesn't mean 
isn't the same as dealing with what it does mean. Because it does mean what it does mean. And it doesn't mean what it doesn't mean. And forgiveness is a lot like that. That when you talk about forgiveness, we just did this in our church on a Wednesday night not that long ago. And I'm going to cover a little bit of that content of that conversation uh, here, here today, hopefully, if I have the time. As we're going through this process of providing you hope and help to reconstruct your your life and faith in the Lord. I want to I want to make clear that I am not anticipating these conversations helping someone who has already decided that by re, by deconstruction they mean I'm an atheist now or I no longer believe in God. I would love to talk to that person, but these arguments are not based at convincing someone to start believing in God again. It's aimed at those people who have a desperate desire to have an authentic relationship with God, but are burned out and disillusioned, abused and hurt at, at the things that have happened to them in the name of Christianity. Again, we are going to have to talk about the gathering of believers the church gathering. We're going to have to talk about that at some point. I just don't think we're ready to discuss that just yet. Because I think there are foundation stones that we need to lay. And one of those is to help walk you through this very difficult topic of forgiveness. I want to ask you a question. Is there a lack of forgiveness in your life? somewhere in the past or is it recent and what reason do you have for not forgiving I entitled this episode beware the monster within let me explain that title now in the gospels in, I think it's in, in Matthew 17, Luke 17, I'm sorry. I don't have my contacts on today. I'm trying to look at the screen. Luke 17, Jesus said to his disciples, it is impossible, almost inevitable, in other words, that offenses are going to come, but woe unto him through whom they come. It were better for him that a millstone were hanged about his neck and he cast into the sea than that he should offend one of these little ones. Now, that's a strong verse. And I want to start with that by saying, I think some of the problem that we face in our society and some of the things that make forgiveness so hard is that we as a society, and sometimes we as churches, have not taken the appropriate action to respond to offenses. There, there is, I believe, a difference, and it's not within the scope of this podcast, but there, isn't a di- there is a difference here I think Jesus is making between the word offense and the word trespass in verse number three. When someone trespasses against you, there are going to be difficult uh, things that come and abuses that happen, and the, both the Old and the New Testament give some very strong condemnations for those who would use their positions of power to hurt and offend against one of these little ones, whether that is children or whether that is uh, little ones in the context of uh, part of the family of God, children of, of God. And 
when that happens and when an offense is not dealt with and offenders are allowed to continue on, then there is a lot of damage that is done when they can just uh, stay in people's lives. They were supposed to be removed from people's lives. So again, when I talk about forgiveness, I'm not saying that that means, you know, allowing an offender back into your life in some cases ever, and certainly not if there's no if there's no repentance. But I, I think we have to recognize, because that's one of those knee-jerk things, right? Well, it doesn't mean you let an offender, you know, you'd say that a wife has to, uh, you know, forgive her abusive husband and just let him beat on her. No, that's not, that's not what I'm saying. Of course, and that's not what Jesus is saying. But forgiveness is in the Bible, and it is very clear um, over and over what God's attitude towards forgiveness is. But again, I think one of the things that makes this so hard is the fact that uh, abusers and those who are offending are not being being held accountable by the people who are in a position to exercise that judgment. So Jesus said, look, these kinds of things are going to happen in a broken world and, you know, pity on those who do them because they are in for some um, really aggressive punishment. But then Jesus says in verse number three, this is kind of interesting, take heed to yourselves. This is interesting. So Jesus like, take heed to yourselves. He's check up on you. Be careful about this. Something, there's a danger here, he said. If your brother trespass against you, rebuke him. And if he repent, forgive him. Okay, you know these verses. So he trespasses. I think that's different than, a, than an offense, but let's just let it, let's, let's let it lie for the moment. If your brother trespasses against you, he does something that is, uh, that is offensive, uh, he misses the mark in some way, he errs, um, he offends you in some way, then, then confront him, rebuke him. And if he repents, forgive him. Now, that's all fine and good until Jesus goes on. And he says, look, but if he trespasses against you seven times in a day and seven times in a day turns again to thee and says, I repent, thou shalt forgive him. Now, this is a really hard one, right? Because Peter asks him um, in another place, how many times should we do this? And seven times. And then in that place, Jesus says, no, 70 times seven. Now, this is hard, right? This is really complicated because I think this has to be understood as somewhat hyperbole because we all would recognize that if a person is being that uh, intentional about being offensive, that intentional about being uh, uh, difficult in our life, seven times in a day, we would call into question, I think, the validity of their repentance. Wouldn't you agree? I mean... If I stepped on your foot one time and I said, oh, and you were like, hey, you stepped on my foot. And I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry. We'll just use that pain as, a, as an example. And I said, I'm really, really sorry. And you're like, that's okay. I forgive you, you know. But then seven more times that day, I stepped on your foot. And every time, as you got increasingly angry, I just kept saying, oh, hey, I'm really sorry. You know, you would be justified at the end of the, by the end of the day and saying, I, I don't know that you are actually sorry. I'm not sure you understand what repentance is. So I think we can look at this passage and say, now, come on, Lord. There's no way that that person is going to be sincere about their, their repentance. And I, I don't know that Jesus would argue with you. But remember, Jesus said, take heed to yourself. Be quick 
to, to forgive, even in a case where you could call into question the validity of their, of their repentance. Why do you think that is? Why did Jesus say, be careful? He said, offenses are going to come and there, you need to deal with those, with those uh, aggressive and those uh, egregious offenses. But he said, also beware of yourself. Not that you don't offend against someone else, but that when someone trespasses against you, confront them and then be quick to forgive them. Why would Jesus tell us in the Gospels, for example, to love your enemy, forgive your enemy, to bless and curse not, the Apostle Paul said. Why would Jesus say that he wants us to be ready to forgive? There's another passage. Let me, let me turn over here to it if I can. Um, let me see here. Um, I think it is, oh, I'm going to have to try to try to pull it up. It's in Romans, but I don't know if it's Romans chapter uh, 12 or if it's 11. Um, let's see here. See if I can type without my contacts in. It's in Romans. Just hold the phone. I should have some really good music playing at the moment. That would help. I need a bigger screen. Okay, it is Romans chapter 12. Can I read that to you? Let's look here in verse number 17, or listen in verse number 17. Don't pay anybody back evil for evil, but provide honest things in the sight of all men. If it's possible, as much as is within your power, live peaceably with all men. All right, if it's possible, because sometimes it's not, so then what do we do? Dearly beloved, Paul said, do not avenge yourselves, but give place unto wrath. In other words, don't, don't let it control you. Why? Because this is written. Here's the reason Paul says don't take vengeance upon yourself. And we're going to get to what this has to do with forgiveness in a moment. For it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. So on the basis of that promise, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. And if he's thirsty, Give him something to drink, because in doing so, you'll heap coals of fire on his head. Don't be overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. Now, what's the warning? What's the monster? Here is why I believe God says, I don't want you guys to avenge yourself. Instead, I want you to forgive. I want you to be willing to forgive. I want you to be quick to forgive. I think it's because when we refuse to forgive and we seek to avenge ourselves or mete out justice or take the law in our own hands or become a crusader, you know, for for justice and take it upon ourselves to bring justice on those people in any of the myriad of ways we could do that. It does something on the inside of us. Where Jesus said, be careful of avenging yourself. In fact, don't do it. Let me do that. You just forgive. I think it's because God knows that it is impossible for us to carry a lack of forgiveness in our heart. It is impossible for us to avenge ourselves without becoming emotionally involved to the point that we become the very monster that we are fighting against. You've seen this happen in countless books and movies and television shows. People who live 
into vengeance, people who refuse to be to forgive will often themselves go to the extreme and become an offender themselves. And in the name of doing right will end up doing wrong. I think that's why Jesus said, take heed unto yourself. Be quick to forgive. Now someone said, I remember having a lady sit in my office one time and she refused to forgive her husband because she said she didn't want him to get away with anything. And I think the number one reason that some of us don't forgive is because we're afraid that someone's going to get away with something. I want you to to hear this. My friend, nobody gets away with things, especially if they do not repent. Now, I'm not going to sit here and say nobody ever get, quote, gets away with anything. Because of the mercy and forgiveness of God, the truth is all of us are going to get away with some things because God forgives and he erases consequences in many cases. And God is interested first and foremost in the repentance and restoration, even of the most egregious offenders, which is why in Ezekiel, he said, I don't take any pleasure in the death of the wicked. I, and, and the wicked is not just like people who cheated on their tax returns. The wicked there are people who, um, who are, who are um, oppressing and who are causing all kinds of injustice and pain. He said, I don't take any pleasure in them suffering. I want them to repent and turn to the paths of righteousness so that they can live. And therein is often the difference. When God meets out judgment, it is, all, it is with a sense of regret because he desires their restoration. Most of us, maybe all of us, probably all of us, would be in, unable to righteously meet out judgment, especially when it's personal, without crossing a line and without secretly feeling good about what's happening, which I think is why God instituted governments among men, among other reasons, because governments and those in authority are supposed to stand on the side of justice and judgment and with the victims of oppression and mete out justice dispassionately. But it is very hard for us to do so personally without becoming the monster. When you hold on to a lack of forgiveness, it can turn into bitterness and anger. It can cause all kinds of health problems. And some of you are struggling right now. There is someone listening to me right now and you are so angry. You are angry all the time and you didn't used to be an angry person. But you are angry all the time right now. And that anger shows itself to your spouse, to your parents, to your siblings, to your children. Pastor, that anger comes out in the pulpit and in your, and in your counseling and talking with uh, church members. The anger is always just below the surface. And sometimes with only a Herculean effort, can you keep yourself sounding calm? But you know that you're like that character on inside out that really angry emotion that's just waiting for an opportunity to just flare up and you know the pain that that anger has caused i'm going to guess i'm going to go out on a limb and say in the majority of the cases both in my own life and in the life of people i've talked to where you are angry all the time it is almost 100 percent a result of a lack of forgiveness somewhere in your life or rebellion against God for an unconfessed sin. 
But more often than not, it is because there is a lack of forgiveness in your life. It causes anger. But I want you to hear me. God wants you to forgive. He wants you to forgive that pastor who used his position, either with good intentions or not, and he preached things that were hurtful, and there were rules that were hurtful, and you saw a hypocrisy on display, and you saw these pastors who didn't, who destroyed the flock rather than built the flock. I get it. That is wrong. That should never, ever happen, and the Bible talks about that, but I want you to remember when the Bible talks about that, God says, I will hold those shepherds responsible. I will hold them responsible. There's a beautiful passage in the book of Zephaniah. Zephaniah chapter number three. I know you probably just read that today, but it is a beautiful passage that when, when God is prophesying a coming day of renewal and restoration to the nation of Israel. But I want you to listen in verse number, um, in verse number, let me see here. Yeah, let's listen to verse number 19 of Zephaniah chapter three. Behold, at that time, I will undo all that afflict thee, and I will save her that halteth, and gather her that was driven out. And I will get them praise and fame in every land where they have been put to shame. Do you know what God's saying? Justice is coming. Today, tomorrow, or at the end of all things. But I want you to know this. God knows about the offenses that have been made against you. He knows about the abuses. Even the very serious abuses. He knows about them. He does not want you to live with that lack of forgiveness in your heart. How can you know if you haven't forgiven? Well, I'll get to that in a moment. But God is promising, listen, trust me. He said, do not avenge yourself. Give that to me. Vengeance is my business, God says, and I will repay. I will repay. And those who live in unrepentant abuse, throughout their lives and have done an immeasurable amount of harm, they are going to pay for it when God meets out justice. But God says, you can't handle that sword. Listen to me, child. You cannot handle that sword. You will cut too deep. You will turn into a monster. You, wreaking vengeance, will do more harm to you personally than you will ever do to the person you're trying to hurt. Give that to me, God says. Give me your hurt. Give me your pain. Give me your desire for justice and vengeance. I will repay. You focus on forgiveness. You focus on mercy. You focus on doing good because otherwise you will become the very monster that you are fighting against. I have had to apologize to my wife and to my children over the years for lashing out in anger that wasn't even directed at them, but they bore the brunt of it because I was carrying bitterness anger, and a lack of forgiveness in my heart. 
Now, I want to address for a moment a teaching that I hear often and I see it and I, I get that there's a biblical case that can be made for this, but let me address it. And it is this idea that, well, you can only forgive somebody when they ask for it. And, you know, there again, Luke 17, if he repents, forgive him. I don't know that that was intended to be a hard and fast rule. I think what Jesus was addressing primarily there was our tendency to hold on to bitterness, not that forgiveness was contingent upon someone actually asking. Like, I would forgive them, but they won't repent, so I cannot forgive them. I understand that case and that you can interpret it that way if you want to. I think more than anything else, it it speaks to our unwillingness to forgive any more than it, than it is a, a formula for when to forgive. God is gracious and merciful, ready to forgive. So I do think there is some truth in the idea that forgiveness is to be given when someone asks. I, I'll grant you that. Here's my caution, though. I'm not sure how we're supposed to carry a lack of forgiveness knowing what that does to us and justify it by saying, well, they won't admit what they did wrong because we're still told by Jesus to love your enemies, do good to them, which, which hurt you and pray for them, which despitefully use you and persecute you. And he doesn't have any caveats there for whether they repented because if they repented, they wouldn't be your enemy. But he says, we are supposed to love, do good and pray for those. And and it's in the context of, of really seeking their welfare. So here's my advice to you. If you are carrying a burden and bitterness towards someone who will not confess their wrong, first of all, acknowledge the hurt and acknowledge any bitterness that is growing in your heart, any anger or desire for revenge. And I want you to take it, write it out on a paper if you need to, and give that to God and say, Lord, I give over to you the job of vengeance, but knowing, Lord, that you are are a God who will, uh, who will avenge those who do wrong against your people. And then ask God to give you a heart where you could pray and love and do good even for people that have hurt you. Now, I am in no way advocating doing this in the case of extreme physical or sexual or emotional abuse. I think that's the first part of Luke 17. I think those people were supposed to be cut out of your life. But hear me carefully. Cutting someone out of your life is not then an excuse for long-term bitterness. Long-term bitterness and a lack of willingness to forgive will turn you into less than what God desires for you. There is a monster inside each of us that feeds on darkness, bitterness, and hatred. And no abuser is worth that transformation in our lives. So you let it go into the hands of God, knowing that he will punish those who do not repent. He's a just God, and he will do that. If not in this life, then in the next, they will pay for it if they do not repent. But pray for their repentance, because god that's the heart of God. He doesn't desire destruction. He desires repentance. 
So how will I know if I have forgiven? First, it's to take your heartache to God and say, Lord, I am struggling to forgive. When I started doing this, I asked God to take me back as far as I could remember and start showing me times when things had happened to me that I was still not forgiving. And over the last, oh man, over the last six or seven months, as I've prayed and gone through this and kept a journal, it's been like an onion being peeled back layer at a time where God has brought to my mind circumstances and stories and things that were done against me and words that were spoken. And when they happened, the emotions welled back up. I didn't even realize I was still carrying that bitterness and that hurt. And I've had to put people's names before God and say, Lord, in that moment, I'm asking your for I'm asking your forgiveness for my lack of forgiveness. And Lord, I want you to know, I release what that person did to me. I give that pain to you. I don't want that to become bitterness. In many cases, it's not something I don't even, wouldn't even know how to get a hold of these people to confront them, nor do I know if that would be necessarily fruitful after all these years. But what is fruitful is my acknowledging that pain and asking God to minister healing to my heart. And some, and in some cases, and in all cases, the ones that I struggled the hardest to let go of, I began to pray for them. I said, I'm not going to take a hand in wreaking justice or vengeance on their heads. I'm giving that to God. And I'm going to start praying for God to bless them. I'm praying for their repentance. I'm praying for them to come to a place where they see the harm that they're causing and confess that to God and receive the life and forgiveness and healing that he offers because this world could do with one less abuser. I'm out of time already. And I've probably just opened some doors that you preferred not to open. If you're still listening, thank you. And I want to pray for you that God will help you to forgive. Let me say at least one thing in closing. Please do not hear what I'm not saying. Because I'm not saying that if you know of crimes and abuse against people that have happened, especially those things that are against the law, again, physical or sexual abuse, I think you do have an obligation to, to report that. I believe that strongly, an obligation to report that to the appropriate authorities. But that doesn't mean that you get to become the, the avenger and you get to become the advocate. We love to use those words. What we're saying is I'm going to become a God. I'm a voice for the voiceless and so on and so forth. I, 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 I hear you. I, I understand. I think where you're coming from. Be careful that you don't feed into a natural desire that we have to become the sword of God's vengeance. Because we most often will become the very monster. The sword is too heavy for us to wield. And the momentum of that sword will often carry farther than we intend. And we will hurt people. Even though our heart was to help. That's why God says, let me do that. That's my job. Don't avenge yourself. Give that pain to me. Trust that I will repay. And I want you to love. And I want you to forgive. Maybe that's something you need to talk to God about that week, this week. Maybe you want to talk to somebody about it. I'm willing to talk with you about it. I know what pain is. 
And you can reach out to me, thispoorpastor at gmail.com. You can reach out to me through my cell phone, 910-265-7297. And I will be glad to talk with you. I'll talk through it with you. I'll pray with you on the phone. If you're going to start a journey of building faith in God again, and you want to be able to be amongst God's people and build that kind of life again, you're going to have to experience some inner healing from the bitterness that you're facing. I promise your family will be thankful when you release those things. And when that happy person that they love so much, that they see in so much pain, when that person returns, not only will you benefit from it, but everyone around you will benefit from it. It's time to forgive. It's time to give that pain to God. Just because you forgive doesn't mean God lets abusers get away. God's interest in justice and repentance is everlasting. Let me pray for you. Father, I want you to come right now into the heart of someone struggling to forgive. I believe right now there's someone listening whose heart is broken because they desperately want the peace of forgiveness, but they've been hanging on to anger and pain for so long. They don't know how to let it go, Lord. Minister to their heart right now, Holy Spirit. Maybe they could reach out to a friend. Maybe they would reach out to me. We could start helping them with that. You're a good Lord. You know what we can handle. And so, Father, I pray that you would forgive us as we forgive others. Thank you. In Jesus' name. Thanks for listening, everybody. I look forward to hearing from you. I'll be back next week with another episode of this Poor Pastors podcast. Have a good week.